I was talking to some of the people in here and told them, uh, it's, you missed out tonight by not coming because it's a short sermon. And uh, you, can, you can escape real quick. We are not going to keep you long. But uh, it's an important word that uh, down praying in, in a lot of what I do uh, here at the church, uh, my favorite prayer spot is, is right back over there. There's a box of Kleenexes there, and, and I just find my way over there, and I start out a lot of times on my knees, and then I, I sit down, and after a while, I'm laying down. I may roll over and sit back up, and I'm just praying. When I get uncomfortable, I move. You know God's in that too, right? Okay, he didn't expect me to sit there and be in pain while I'm praying, so I, I move around while, while I'm praying. But while I was over there praying the other day, God spoke to me. And, and you know, I've told this before. When, when you're down praying and you feel like, man, I'm, I'm getting a blessing from God, and I was, and, and I'm just worshiping, and he was moving in my heart so good. And I thought, God, why, wait a minute, because he was wanting to talk to me. I was like, I, I'm worshiping. I, I'm enjoying myself. And he was like, I want to talk to you. I said, okay, I got it. So I said to him, he said, write this down. Of course, I don't have paper, pen, and have my phone there with the notes. And so I got on it. He started, he started giving me this sermon. And I uh, started writing it down and, and just going on and on. Normally when I'm writing sermons, I do a lot of sermon writing on my phone, but it's speak to text. So this day, it was, again, I, I just coined a phrase, fingers of fury. I was just, I was just going, going at that phone and, and putting this in as fast as I could. As God gives, when God gives you something, sometimes you, you got to get it down quick so you don't forget it. And uh, that's where I was at that morning. Didn't know exactly when I would be preaching this. And uh, today, all this week, I've been praying. God's been pushing me back, pushing me back. And I'm like, God, it's, it's Monday. I, I've, I'm here. It's me again, Lord. Uh, I, I need a sermon for Wednesday. I need this prayer answered right now. Tuesday. God, you know, it's Tuesday now. It's a one day from Wednesday. Remember that day you created Wednesday? It's the next day. I, I've got to have a sermon. Wednesday came, and God said, look at your phone. I was like, oh, I've got one in my back pocket. He said, get it out. And so he, he began to work on me, and I, I printed this up, and then I, he started adding to it. And uh, really, when God gives you something, sometimes you think, God, why? You do. Sometimes you just wonder why. Why am I preaching this sermon at this time? You do. Sometimes, you know, Shelly makes me mad. Well, that's a good time to, to preach on wives, obey your husbands, submit yourself to your, your husbands. I mean, that's a good time to preach that sermon, Sister Sheila. I got an amen from Mother Kirk. I, I, I like it. That's a good time to preach. But you wonder why sometimes you're preaching something. I'm studying a book right now, and it's taught, it says, I'll give them a little advertisement, uh, three, uh, 360 Degree Preaching is the name of it. And anyway, in this book, it talks about uh, preaching in the now. Be relevant with what's going on in your surroundings and, and the things happen in this world. When pandemic hit, you can't just avoid that from the pulpit. You're going to talk about what's going on, Right? Show you through the word how God can carry us through. Well, sometimes you just don't understand why you're preaching what you're preaching. And I'm thinking, God, this is a great sermon on a Sunday morning with the house packed and they can all hear it good. He said, tonight is the night. We have youth going on. We have the children in the children's church. And so we have a lot of leaders out and dispersed. And so 
Tonight, you're getting my short sermon. It is short, though, but you're getting it, and so you have to tell the rest of them, okay? I want to go to the book of Numbers, chapter 16, verse number 23, and uh, I know you Bible scholars already know, I know what he's preaching about now. I got it. And guess what? You're right. That's what I'm preaching about. The title of my sermon tonight is The Power of Deception. The Power of of deception. We still didn't get that light healed, and, and we're going to get that fixed before Sunday because that is, that is a distraction right there. I may have to go down and preach from the floor over there. I'm in the New King James Version of Numbers, chapter 16, verse number 23, with a pair of glasses that I've got on right now that I'm not used to, so bear with me. So the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I love it in the Word of God when you see where the Lord spoke. Thus saith the Lord. When you see something like that, it, that gets my attention. I want to hear from God, don't you? I want to hear what God is saying to us and saying to me. And when I see it in the Word of God, God's got something to say. You better perk the mirrors up. So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the congregation, saying, Get away from the tents of Korah, Danath, uh, I looked this word up because it was so funny. I was going, I was going, uh, a bri-ram, a bri-ram, and I looked it up in the Hebrew, and it, and it says, a b, a b e e, r a w m, a biram, a biram, and they had a look to it too. So, just so if you wanted to know, that's what you had to do to read Hebrew. I, I didn't mean to get off on that, but it just struck me as funny today when I was reading it. Anyway, I'm going to read it again. Speak to the congregation saying, get away from the tents of Korah, the uh, Thath, uh, and Abiram. Well, easy for me to say now. I studied it all day long. Then Moses rose and went to uh, Danath and uh, Abiram. I'm going to say it like that. It's easier for me. And the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation saying, depart now from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. So they got away from around the tents of Korah, uh, Dathath and Abraham, and Dathath and Abraham came out and stood at the door of their tents, and their wives, their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, By this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all, thing, all these works, for I have not done them of my own will. If these men die naturally like all men, or if they are visited by the common fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. He's telling them what's going on. This is what's fixing to happen. And if it doesn't happen the way I say it, then you know what? I'm wrong. But if it happens the way I say it's going to happen, you're going to know God sent me to, to tell you this and to lead these people. Uh, Numbers 16 and 30 says, But if the Lord creates a new thing, and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into the pit, then you will understand that these men have rejected the Lord. Now it came to pass, as he finished speaking all these words, that the ground split apart under them. Lord, help them. And the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed them up. And their households of all the men of Korah, uh, Korah with all their goods, was swallowed up. So they, all, so they and all those with them went down alive into the pit. The earth closed over them, and they perished from among the assembly. Now... I read that a whole lot smoother today over and over and over. But you see what, what happened here. You see what's going on here. I want to pray because I want clarity tonight. 
in this sermon. God spoke this to my heart. I want clarity in this sermon. I want you to pray for me. Father, right now I ask you, Lord, to anoint me with the power of the Holy Ghost to speak your word in boldness, Father. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to anoint our eyes and the ears to see and to hear what you'd have to say to us. God, hide me behind the shadow of the cross, Lord. Don't let me be seen, Lord. Let me speak the words you want me to speak. I ask you, Lord Jesus, because your word is anointed. Anoint your servant tonight that I could be heard. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Glory. The power of deception. The power of deception. Don't, don't mess with Kim. She was adjusted today by a doctor, so if she wants to stand, she can stand. I told somebody one time they were hurting. I said, well, bring your, your lazy boy in here. I said, we'll fit it in over here, and you can just set through service that way. So we're not concerned with that. The power of deception. How many know we can deceive ourselves? We can deceive ourselves into thinking that uh, we're good looking. We're skinny. We're all that. Back when I was a kid, we were cool. How many ever wore bell bottoms back in the 70s? They were cool. You're just deceiving yourself. There's just big old ratty jeans flopping around. That's what it really was. Deceiving yourself. We're all guilty of deceiving ourselves. And at times in our lives, we've all been deceived by something. How many ever sits up late night and watches TV? You ever, you ever see them infomercials? Used to when I was a kid, you know, like, well, I don't know what the time was, maybe midnight, the TVs would just shut off. Not anymore. Them days are way gone now. Now you have infomercials. Infomercials. Some of them are funny, and I like watching them, and then some of them are just like, you can't change the channel fast enough. Anybody do that? All right. I want to talk about that for just a minute. For only $19.95, we'll send you the world's best water hose that money can buy. But wait, if you order right now, <laughs> you're laughing and you're smiling. I know you've seen these things. If you order right now, we'll send you two water hoses for the price of one. And in small, unreadable letters, it says just pay separate shipping costs, which costs you another $25. <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way they go. Have you ever saw a program like that? Absolutely, we've all seen it. Have you ever been deceived like that? Absolutely. You order something, you wait and wait and you wait, and it finally comes in, and nothing, it's nothing like the picture that you bought, whether it was in a catalog or on the website. You thought this was going to be a great thing. I, somebody showed me something recently, and it was about a car. It was supposed to be a, a, a big car, not a, not a regular car, but it's like five foot long, and they get it in, and it was like a little matchbox car. They bought it online, and they thought they had a good deal on it. I was, it's nothing like the picture, and so we've all been deceived like that. Uh, we're deceived by other people sometimes, but sometimes we're just deceived by ourselves. We deceive ourselves. The Israelites in this passage right here thought they knew better. These, these men thought they knew better than Moses. They thought they knew better than Aaron. They didn't want to follow Moses anymore. They'd been deceived. They'd deceived themselves maybe. I'm sure there was the influence of the enemy there, but they were deceiving themselves. And not believing the man of God. There were some that didn't agree with the way Moses was leading. Some of the people thought they could do a better job than Moses. Right? You ever been there? 
This wasn't the first time the children of Israel had come up against Moses. Unfortunately, he'd already been through this. He was probably used to it by now. Still aggravated him. I still get upset at different things that happen every time, every time I get out on the road. I'm like, God, help me not to get angry. These drivers all need their license revoked. They won't drive the speed limit. And then if they do, they drive side by side so I can't speed around them. God, help me. He was used to it. Moses loved God, but he also loved the nation of Israel that God ordained him to be in charge of. Moses dealt with conflict so much, he even had to deal with his own family in backstabbing ways. We know Moses did some things wrong in his life. Nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. We understand that. We read the scriptures. We know that he killed a man. We know that he had other things that he disobeyed God in. He did. But you know what? He continued to stand in the gap for Israel. When God was ready to do away with them, he continued to ask God to push back punishment against Israel. And unfortunately, this is an illustration of the church world that doesn't want to follow order. Order. Haven't preached on it in a while, but I talk about it all the time. Order. We hear the term order in the court, order in the church, order in God's house. Everything that God does is in order. I can tell you that church people don't want to follow the shepherd that God's placed on them. Placed over them. That's an easy one. You think, well, pastor, that's what this sermon's about tonight. Yes, but not necessarily. Bear with me. This story reminds me of the world that we live in. We see that no one wants to respect the authority that is over them, period. They don't want to mind their boss. I'm not hearing any amens, but it's still the truth. They don't want to mind their boss. The one that writes the check for their employment, he doesn't know a thing. I know how to do it better. I'm not going to mind him. I'm not going to place myself under his authority. Good job. Just keep going. Did I say that out loud? We have developed the wrong mindset, and we see it everywhere. Let's see if you've heard some of these terms. Why do I have to mind you? Oh, my word. We have a little one, and that little one asks that every time. Why does he have to mind his brothers? Why do I have to mind you? And then we get a sister-in-law, and he's asking the same question. Why do I have to mind her? How about this? I heard this on jobs a lot. You don't pay me enough to do that. I'm thinking you have a job. He's paid you enough to do whatever he told you to do or walk off. That's what most people do. Why do I have to obey the laws of the land? They're silly. They're stupid. I don't agree with them. You know, these, these, these men, these courts, they've made up these silly laws. I don't agree. So why, why should I have to do 55? That's silly. Right? That's what you hear. No cop, no stop. That got me a ticket at 16 years old. My way is just as good as any other way. We've deceived ourselves. We've deceived ourselves. In all facets of life, we've deceived ourselves into thinking that we're right. And there's a scripture that I didn't even put in here. We're right in our own eyes. There's a right way. There's a wrong way. And then there's a way that seemeth right. 
Psalms 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. Hallelujah. This is what Dake said about this referencing to a strong man. He said, that's a mighty man, a conqueror. The steps of a good man is a conqueror. Even the most powerful man must, must be supported by the Lord. Otherwise, his strength and courage will fail. The righteous will be upheld by God even if he fails. Amen. The word order in the Hebrew means prepared or established. And the reason why I even threw this in here is because God kind of spoke to my heart. He started showing me, revealing it. We're supposed to be Christ-like and good men, and our steps are ordered to God, and we have a job. We go into different restaurants, and I know God gives us choice to do different things, so bear with me while, while I work this out right here. But every step I take during my day, I believe God's ordering my steps. I believe he's ordering my steps. But yet when somebody cuts me off, what am I doing? I don't like it. I get a bad spirit about it. And so the next thing I know, I'm like, I'm going to pass this guy. Even though I had to do 70 and a 5,500, that law doesn't apply to me right now when I'm mad. We're all that way in different areas. We were building a house right here in, in Greenbrier one time, and my boss brought a worker to work with us one day, and he said, he's going to help you out. He said, I've got to run, and run some errands water. He's going to help you out. And he told me specifically, I'd worked for him for years, and he told me specifically, do it this way. I want it done so-and-so. I said, okay. We're putting some rafters on, some rafter tails, how he wanted them cut and different things. The man he brought me didn't agree with it. He knew a better way. I said, no. He said to do it this way. He goes, I'm not doing it that way. I said, well, I tell you what you do. You work on that side of the house. I'm going to work on this side of the house, and, and we'll just work at our speed, you know. And so I did. I didn't get much accomplished because you, you need two guys on that. He didn't get much accomplished because of the same reason. My boss come back. He was upset. Why didn't you do this? And I said, well, he didn't want to do it your way, and he's doing his. I just ratted him out. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, like, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm doing it your way. I want you to know what's going on. That man just thought he knew a better way, his way. And I, I told him, I said, man, you can do that a million different ways. But we were told to do it this way. We just don't want to do it. We don't want to rebel. I don't want that authority over me. And so he deceived himself into thinking he could go over there and work on the other side, do whatever he wanted. Well, he got fired that day. And he should have been. And he should have been. If we're Christ followers and are doing our best walking according to this book, Talking about the Bible, our steps are ordered. How come we're complaining about the authority we're under? I don't like the president. I don't like my senator. I don't like the governor. I don't like the mayor. I don't like. You're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. And, you know, you're getting a little help from the enemy. But we deceive ourselves into thinking that we don't have to be under this authority has got to the point that people won't give their name to authorities on simple traffic stops that a driver in most cases, in most cases, are in violation of the law. I know my rights. I don't have to give you my name. I don't. And they try to escalate it until it goes viral, until push comes to sub, somebody gets hurt or beat up or whatever the case may be. A, a lack of respect for the authority of this nation. Ultimately, it escalates to, to just terrible things going wrong, and it just shows... And, and some videos are out right now just showing you how to disrespect the authority. 
I don't agree with discrimination, not for a minute, not for a second. Racism in any form is wrong, disgusting, and sinful. Absolutely. God gave us examples in his word. He was a great example in his word of how we're all made in his image and in his likeness. So racism has no part in a Christian's life. I'm just saying it like just saying it plain and it's the truth. But the disrespect of authority has crept into the church and have given us the wrong mentality, the wrong mindset. We've adapted the ways of the world. We've adapted the ways of America. That's the way it is. I don't like that boss, so I'm going to a new boss. And really what they're saying is, I don't like that guy, so I'm going somewhere else to earn some money. And when they get there, they ain't going to like that guy either. The problem is not the job or the money most of the time. It's because we don't want to be an authority, under authority of anyone. No accountability. Man, we need to sell some shirts like that. We could make millions. Just put on there. No accountability. They'll fly off the shelves. No one wants to be accountable. I don't want to be accountable to a law. I know what's best. We're deceived, and we've deceived ourselves. The power of deception has got a hold of us. Amen. Let me find my spot again. So much so, we have the wrong thought process. We have the wrong mentality, the wrong attitude. Well, we used to get preached about attitudes all the time. So much so that God has has appointed and who God has assigned has to be challenged because we don't like who God chose to put over our life to lead and to guide us. Now, now I am talking about the church. We have leaders in the church. We have teachers in the church. We have preachers in this church, but no one wants to be under authority. God help us. God help us. You know what? When you don't need to be under authority anymore, you're, just, you're God. You need to tell God, God, I'm not under your authority. I don't care who you've placed over my life. I'm not following them because that's not who I like. He doesn't wear the right color for me. He doesn't preach the way I like him to preach. He doesn't t- do, treat people the way I want him to treat. You know what? You know, Brother Kirky wears pr- too much purple. I can't like him. Brother Scotty, he's too exuberant. I, I, I don't like him. So I can't be under any, any preaching of his authority when he's preached. We're deceived. The power of deception is real. To We need to understand when God sends somebody here to speak to us, he's trying to speak a word to us. Somebody, you know, I, I'm not going to name names, but somebody might say, well, I don't like this evangelist or that evangelist. You know, and I told the church all, all before we started revival last week, I didn't have revival because it was the time of the year to have revival. I had the revival because God pricked my heart and said, you need to call Shane in for revival. And he even gave me the date and told me what to do. You know what? I don't know why all that happened. But what I do know is what I felt from the Lord, and I obeyed his voice. But you know what? It wasn't just for me, which I was blessed tremendously. It was for you. It was for you. How many ever sat down in a meal your mom cooked, or maybe your dad cooked, and they give you something you didn't like? All the time vegetables, broccoli, that foul weed. Why would you put that in a plate? That's to be mowed. But it's needful. Vegetables are needful. And here's what I found out. I'm still not a fan of broccoli, but I like the little flower tops. I don't, I don't like the... I found out I like carrots. I started eating carrots. I found out I like cucumbers. 
I started, started nibbling on some of these things, and when I started eating, I developed a taste for them. Whew. That's a whole other sermon. We develop a taste of, for God. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness are going to be filled. When we start nibbling on what God has given us, wow, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Hallelujah. You think I'm talking about me tonight? Absolutely, yes. But I'm not just talking about what we call church authority. I'm talking about every person that God's placed in our lives. And, 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 I, and I'm going to a place right here where people's going to say, oh, Drew, your point's about it. No, God put a husband above you. A husband may not even be living right. God's still a God of order, is he not? Is it hard? Absolutely. Absolutely it's hard. It's incredibly hard. I know it is because I've talked to you before. It's incredibly hard. You know, I'm telling you to load the gun. Go ahead, do it. It's incredibly hard. But you know what? We have to understand the authority that's been placed in our lives. And I'm not talking about submit to some authority that's going to cause you to sin. You all understand what I'm talking about tonight. God has called people into our lives that we have to be under the authority. I had to ask for something the other day I didn't want to ask for. I did. And I had to put my spirit down. Not God's spirit, my spirit down. I needed something from a place that I used to run, used to buy the things for, and now I had to ask to borrow it. Because they're in authority. They're in authority. I'm not in authority anymore. They're in authority. And you know what? When I got my spirit right and humbled myself and asked, it's just like that. Do you see that? The power of God just did that. I asked, and I had favor. I had favor with man. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I, I thank them, too. I, thank you so much. Wow. Let me get back to it. <laughs> I'm talking about every person that God's placed in our lives. Every person. Especially a pastor. Absolutely. You think, well, pastor, you're the pastor. You don't have anybody over you. Oh, yeah, I do. I place myself under authority. I, I've mentioned this before about Pastor Ashley. Ashley sends me uh, the, the sermons and her notes and everything. She's going to be using every Sunday, every Wednesday. And if she forgets it or she can't get to it quick enough, she comes into my office and she tells me the whole sermon. She said, Pastor, I didn't get this, but I want to tell you. And everything. She's placing herself under authority. She's not deceiving herself thinking, I don't need to tell him. I know the word of God. Now, I trust her. And so when she, if she forgets or if she doesn't bring I still trust her that she didn't backslide that day and she's teaching something bad out there. I trust her. That's why she's in the position she's in. And you know what? I trust her with my son, with my son back there. Wow. We've, we've got we've to realize that every person that God puts in our lives, they're there for a reason. Even if they're not in authority, they're there for a reason. Somebody said sometimes you, they rub me the wrong way. It may be because God's trying to rub something off of you. Hmm. This is getting so bad to the point where there's no respect for anyone. There's no willingness to follow after God's chosen man or woman, let alone a, a teacher or, or someone else. You know, in, in the church world, we see them, they want to go to the pastor. You know, if you have a youth problem, and I, and I was a youth pastor, have a youth problem, they didn't want to talk to me. 
They want to go tell the pastor on me instead of coming and talk to me. They didn't respect anything I did because they wanted to, it was just the pastor that could, they could talk to. And they really didn't respect him. They just wanted him to punish me. See how that goes? If the heart was right, they would go to the one in authority and talk to him. We're, tre- we're treading on thin ice when we want to question God and what he has ordained. Our text is a dangerous warning that people seem to think that it doesn't apply to them. I'm a Christian. I have a Bible. I can read the Word of God just like he can. I can read the Word of God. I can go to God. I can pray. The veil's been ripped. I can go right to the Heavenly Father just like he can. You're absolutely right. You can. But God still has order. God still placed a shepherd over you. And I don't care what church you go to, there's going to be a shepherd that's placed over that flock. Acts 10 and 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. The King King James Version says that he's no respecter of any persons. The scripture is in reference to salvation for the Gentiles. I know that. Along uh, along with the Jews, uh, the good news getting spread out to the Gentiles. But it shows a godly principle that we need to be aware of. God's not a respecter of any person. He's not. And we we need to realize that what he once did back here in our text in in, uh, Numbers, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. People wonder why they're having problems. They'll call me, Pastor, I I have this, 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 this. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pray for it because I love you. Why didn't you tell me about this a long time ago before it was an issue? I could have helped you pray before you got to the issue. But they didn't want to place themselves under authority. Now you're thinking, Pastor, who are you talking about right now? I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm talking about the church world. If you went to church in any church here in town, them people are sitting in the congregation. Amen? Saul was God's anointed, but wasn't living right. We all know the story. God didn't want them to have a a king at that time, but they, he, he agreed. He goes ahead and lets them reluctantly, gives them a king. In the natural, we think if we deem someone as not doing things right or doing it the way we think that it ought to be done, that it's all right as an American to take care of things our way. I don't care for the way they do it. I'm going to take care of it. Right? I'm, I, I'm not preaching at you guys. I'm not preaching to anybody that's not here right now. I'm preaching what God told me, and it's going to hit who it needs to hit. Amen? Wow, we think we can take care of it any way we want or to challenge what or who God has appointed. God has led you and I into where he wants us to be, whether in the town which we live in, the county, the state. God's placed us where he wants us. I heard somebody, this has been months ago, they said, uh, I don't know if it's in a sermon or what, God wants you to grow where he planted you. I was like, man, that's a, that's a good sermon right there. Grow where God's planted you. David and Saul are such a great example of this. David served Saul even when he knew that Saul wasn't doing right. Even when he knew he was going to be the king. No doubt David had to think, when is this guy going to be gone so I can be king? He was human. Would, would, he, would you not think that at some point? When is he going to be gone? I, I, I believe he's human. I believe he thought that way. David was tempted to take matters in his own hands. He could have killed Saul. He was encouraged to kill Saul. But he knew something about order. You can come back, Shelley, if you would. He knew something about order. 
We don't have to have someone to deceive us. David had someone right there telling him, go ahead and you can take the vow. He knew something about order. He wasn't deceived by someone else. We don't have to have someone to deceive us. Most of the time we're capable of deceiving ourselves. The power of deception is real. And so many times we think, well, that's just our personal opinion. You know, I can do whatever I want to do uh, without asking God anything. I've seen people, and this has been years ago, leave this church, and the next day say they're plugged into another church. I'm thinking to myself, did you even pray about that? Did you even pray about that? Or did things just get uncomfortable, things rubbing you the wrong way, and you left? We need to understand God just doesn't take his hand off and decide, well, you're not growing there. I'm going to pluck you up and replant you somewhere. Does God move people? Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same time, just because things are uncomfortable, that's not the time to leave. That's time to work through it. I heard a pastor talking about it one time, and he was talking about a church that had some church trouble. He said, uh, Deacon come up and said, well, I, I think it'd be best if you left the church or I'm going to leave the church. He said, well, you do whatever you want. He said, but I'm not leaving a church in trouble. He said, I'll stay. And he said, when it's healthy again, he said, then I'll, I'll ask God where I'm supposed to go or if I'm supposed to leave. People don't like to work through things. And again, I'm not talking about an issue here in the church. I'm just preaching what God told me to preach tonight. There's issues that go on in our life. We don't want to deal with the boss. Most of us don't like controversy. We don't want to get involved with something. I'll just let it go. I was in a ball game last night, and I let so many things go, and I thought, and finally I had to say something like, you're breaking the rules. Hey, Mr. Umpire, you don't know the rules. You need, you need to learn the rules so you can enforce the rules. You don't create them. Your job is to enforce the rules. He was deceived into thinking he knew all the rules. I didn't want to confront him, knowing that he was wrong. And there's so many times we don't want to confront an issue. But you know what? God understands that we're deceived sometimes, even not wanting to have that confrontation. Sometimes it's a good thing. Get it out there. Get it off your chest. Talk it through. Matter of fact, if it's some sort of offense, we know what the Bible says about that. We're supposed to go to our brothers. We're supposed to go to our sisters. Leave your offering there. Go back and apologize. Amen. We don't need someone else to deceive us. We deceive ourselves so much of the time. I know that the enemy has a hand in deceiving us, but we've got to understand how he works and understand that, you know what, we need to stay in God's will and not be deceived with the deception, the power of deception. Too many good people, godly people, are given in to the power of deception, believing God's going to wink at their deception. God's still going to love me here. God's going to still love me if I buy that car. God's going to love me if I buy that house. God's going to love me if I buy that boat. I'm not going to seek his will. I know what to do. The power of deception. You know what the real all this, you know, I'm, I'm preaching all this, and then it comes to me. It, it's more our will. It's, it, it's my will. It's not God's anymore. It's my will. I want that car. I want that house. I want to go here. I want to go there. We're deceived. We're deceived. Maybe we just don't want to be a radical and just say, you know, I ask God about everything. You need to be radical. I'm just saying. God has placed us in a position to grow. Whether it's in a church, whether you're talking about your job. And I'm going to tell you what, if, you're, if you didn't pray before you went to your job, 
and ask God to give you the right job. Maybe you need to start that now. And you may have to change the job. Get to where God wants you to be. But God places you in positions to grow, puts people in your life to help you grow. You got to remember your steps are ordered of God. God knows exactly where he's put us. And yet some are still deceived and try to do things their own way. God help us. My final scripture, you can stand if you would. Familiar scripture. I love this scripture. It puts me in my place. And it's not because God's beating me down to that place. It's because I accept his authority and what he's done. Isaiah 55 and 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Wow. If we can grasp hold of that and realize, you know, I'm I'm not going to be deceived anymore. I'm going to follow after God because God knows exactly what I need. He knows exactly where I need to be. He, He knows exactly who he's got over us, taking care of us shepherding us, feeding us. God knows. Amen. Even when we feel uncomfortable times, understand that God is still looking out for our best interests. There's power in deception, but there's power in God. You know what? Sometimes we see a sickness, we see a a financial burden, we see different things. We think, you know, it's insurmountable. We forget about how big God is. He's greater than anything we're going to come up against. Amen. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for this word. God, I ask you, Lord, if I failed you tonight, would you forgive me? Lord, I am asking you, Lord, for this to touch each and every heart that heard it. God, that we deal with things the way you want us to deal with them. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We understand that. I'm asking you, Lord, right now to touch our hearts, Lord. God, that we'd repent. That we'd repent, Lord for wanting our own way and keep following after you, Jesus. I thank you for it. I thank you for this word, Lord. It ministered to me tonight. Thank you. In Jesus' name, I pray these things.